Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 89, The Mystery of Ishmael. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell here with... Zena. The Warrior Princess is back. I am. Welcome back. So, Zena... Thanks for having me. I did let the audience know that we missed you a week because you had a car accident. I did have a car accident, unfortunately. Thank God you were okay, but it just took a while to get a vehicle. It did. Yes. Well, we understand, and we're just very happy you're okay. Thank you. And I I did one episode without you, and I got so many complaints, I decided I never No, you did not. I know they loved you. (laughs) No, really, it wasn't bad because it was just listener questions. We've been getting so many listener questions. Thank you, guys. folks, yes, thank you, because we are now 75,000 unique listeners. Holy moly. So just growing by leaps and leaps and bounds. And we're going to get into the show here in just a moment, but we're going to be announcing some new changes coming up. Yes. Because of this growth and because of you, we just thank you so much. We're going to need to make some changes and uh, to keep this podcast going. So we're going to be announcing very soon, not yet, but very soon, uh, there'll be a premium subscription for Bible Mysteries, yes. where you can get bonus content. And we're not going to let you know exactly what's in that just yet, but uh, that's coming. And also, we've got a new app coming out, which is mainly for the Bible studies. Yes. But it's a very easy way that people can continue to donate. We've changed our donation platform from PayPal to uh, a giving through Subsplash. Yes. And that's already available to you right now if you go to the website, utpnow.com, or even if you look... look at the podcast to captivate the donate button is there. Yes. So just appreciate everybody helping, uh, helping out with that. We're going to be making appeals to help us keep going because as you well know, uh, the world doesn't like this message. Nope. Not one bit. Not one bit. So they're obviously trying to shut down the truth, but we're going to do our best to keep going and we just appreciate your support. So anyway, with that out of the way, exciting guests also are coming up. Ooh. We're gonna, we had L.A. Marzulli last few episodes. That was fascinating. We're going to be having Ryan Peterson back. Love him. And uh, we're reaching out to another author. That I won't announce his name yet until it's verified, but he's already told me he's going to do the show. We just need to get a schedule worked out. And I got a special surprise guest I'm going to be bringing on here probably in June, Ooh. which should be very interesting. We're going to talk about Bigfoot. Yeah. The guest isn't a Bigfoot, by the way. He's a real person. (laughs) So anyway, let's get to, this is our 89th episode. My goodness. Yeah, 89 episodes. And the title of today's episode is called The Mystery of Ishmael. Now there's a name I bet you're probably not familiar with. I am not familiar with Ishmael. Ishmael. Okay, so we're going to talk about Ishmael today because, oddly enough, he was a son of Abraham. Now that's a name you do know. I do know Abraham. Abraham, right? So Abraham, you might recall, was an old man. And it was funny that his name was originally Abram or Abram. And it literally means father. Okay. But he had no children. That's right. Didn't he have a children with, um, she she wasn't a maid. 
She was... She, she was a servant. She was a servant, okay. Yeah, so you do remember. I do remember, and um, God was like, no, that is not the son that I said you were going to have. Your wife was going to bear, even though they're really old. <laughs> um, she ended up having a... Wait, is Ishmael the son that he had with the servant? That's right. You do remember. See, Bingo. this is good. We're having an effect even on us. <laughs> that's good. So that's exactly right. Ishmael was the son that Abram had through the servant of his wife. Yes. And his wife was Sarah. Uh, that's but, her name. Sorry, Sarah. But she was like 90-something years old and, mm-hmm. and you know, was well past childbearing yes. years. And she had a servant who was an Egyptian woman. Her name was Hagar. Ooh. Hagar. Okay. Yeah. And so we're going to talk a little bit about those names, but I'm really glad you remembered that because the irony of a man growing up named father yeah. and had no children until <laughs> he was like 99 years old. Oh, know? my goodness. And when God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, it went from father to father of a multitude. My goodness. Know? So what an ironic to It would be like me being born and my mom named me handsome. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you live all your life, but you are handsome. Your father, you don't need kids, you know. So it's kind of like um, uh, the way God plays on things sometimes. It's really interesting. So we're going to start off talking about Hagar, the mother of Ishmael, and her son Ishmael, and how that came to be. So we'll read the story just to get the background to bring our our listeners up to speed. And we find that in Genesis chapter 16. So we're going to go to Genesis 16. And we'll just read the the short version of it here. Verse 1. Now, Sarah, and by the way, Sarah also had her name changed too. too. So it was Abraham and Sarah is how most people know them. But originally they were Abram and Sarai. 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 Yeah, Sarai means princess. It's kind of like Zena, right? That is me. (laughs) So now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. Okay. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. It's like I said, look, evidently the Lord's not going to open my womb, and I'm too old to have a kid. So he must intend to honor this promise to you through my servant Hagar. And back in those days, uh, a servant or a woman could be what the Bible would have called a concubine. So you had the wife proper, and then a concubine was like a secondary wife, but was usually afforded the opportunity to bear children if the, the, the first wife couldn't. So a concubine is not the same as a surrogate. It's, it's kind of a surrogate, but not in the sense that a surrogate today might take the, the fertilized egg of a, a husband and wife who can't conceive on their own. And then they, they in vitro, plant that into the womb of the surrogate. This was actually, Abram went in and, and had relations with Hagar. Okay. So, and I guess, it, you know, instead of doing it through a Petri dish, they did it the natural way. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and it was a contractual arrangement, though. So it was like a surrogate in that sense. Okay. But believe it or not, the, the irony is it was Abraham trying to figure out a way to make God's promise happen without just waiting on the Lord to do it. When, yes. and, and when you take matters into your own hands, sometimes it's a mistake. Yes. <laughs> Oftentimes. And it turns out this is going to be a mistake, but we're going to see why in just a moment. Okay. So good good point. So a surrogate is a pretty good comparison. You know? uh, so Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid, Sarai, uh, Hagar. It may be that I may obtain children by her. So the idea was, well, she wants God to fulfill the promise, 
that she just wasn't willing to wait. Okay. And you got to admit, you're 90 something years old. You're kind of thinking, it ain't right? You're thinking me. it's not going to happen. Right. So Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. He listened to her. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. So she becomes legally a wife, a second wife. Okay. He didn't divorce Sarai. She just became a second wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Now, the mistress means Sarai because she was her maid. So you would use that in the same way you might say master, but it's not like a slave relationship. Okay. She was, she was a paid servant. You know, she was like an employee. But at this point, she became a wife. So now she has legal entitlements. And so now she's kind of like, ha ha, I'm young and I'm fertile. And now I have a child. And it, she didn't actually say ha ha, but that's how Sarai took it. And so now she's upset with her servant. It was her idea. <laughs> She's the one that suggested it. Yeah. But now she's mad because she's jealous because she couldn't have the child and the servant could. Yeah. Yeah. So she's really in the wrong here. So what you're saying is before Abraham became Abraham, he was in a polyamorous relationship. He was. uh, Polygamous. (sighs) Polygamous. Yeah, it would be polygamous. Not to say that he didn't love her. Yes. But it was definitely uh, more of a legal contractual relationship. Okay. You know, and... uh, and I, I'm sure if, you know, if he's 90-something years old and Hagar was young, there was some amour going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain of that. But um, he does, she does conceive, and now Sarah is upset about it. Yes. So Sarai said unto Abram, my wrong be upon thee. So she says, it's your fault. You shouldn't have done this. Well, I listen to you. That's but true. But she says, I've given my maid into thy bosom, and when she saw that she had conceived... I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. And now it takes a little bit of a different turn because she says, I was despised, meaning I think Hagar threw some shade, you know, and she made light of the fact that Sarai couldn't. So, and that's just not the proper relationship to have given the circumstances. Okay. So even though I do believe Sarai was wrong to even suggest it, um, I think the shade came from Hagar. We don't know her story, but we just know that she despised her mistress. And that's why she said, I don't like this. So she complained to Abram. And Abram, as a man, says this, But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hands. Do to her as it pleases thee. In other words, you you handle it, honey. Right. (laughs) Right. So when Sarai dealt hardly with her, and that would be like harshly. And I don't know what she did or said to her, but she dealt in such a way that it says she fled from her face. In other words, Hagar ran away. My goodness. Yeah, and that wasn't an easy thing to do back in those days because, you know, a woman traveling alone, pregnant, you know, how, how safe could she be, right? But watch this, verse 7, And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain of the way to Shur. Now, interesting, we're going to talk in the next episode about the mystery of angels. Okay. And here we're talking about the mystery of Ishmael, but this is the first occurrence of an angel in the Bible. As far as being mentioned in the book of Genesis, right? There's angels that exist before this in other writings, but it's the first time an angel appears in the Bible to a human being. And he said, Hagar, 
Sarai's maid, whence camest thou? Where where'd you come from? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. Incidentally, Hagar, that name in Hebrew means flight. It's like running away. Interesting. Yeah, flight. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself unto her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. Now, keep in mind, this is not the promised child. The one that God said Abraham would have would be through Sarah. Yes. And his name would be Isaac. And he comes later. But this is before Isaac is born yet. 13 years before he's born. Holy moly. Yeah. And so he's saying, no, go ahead and go back to her. Don't run away. You'll probably die in the wilderness if you do. Even though this is not the arrangement God wanted, I'm going to bless it. And I'm going to bless you and your child. Verse 11, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And Ishmael literally means God hears. Okay. God hears, you know. And he will be, now here's the thing, I'm going to bless him. He doesn't say the word bless, but he says uh, he's going to multiply him exceedingly. So that's a blessing in a sense, you know. Okay. But he says, uh, I hear you. And you're going to call him Ishmael. The Lord even names him. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man. And every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. What an interesting thing to say, huh? So maybe I want to make sure I understand this correctly. Sure. Basically, he took a, he's going to bless him with a curse. Well, like I said, he didn't use the word blessing. He said, okay. I'm going to multiply him, but he's not the child of promise. So in a sense, I guess I should say he's not the child of the blessing okay. of the promise. But there's a blessing in a sense. I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. And yet God knows, God's not making him to be this way. Just yeah. God knows the nature of people before they do what they do. Okay. And he says, he's going to be a wild man. And I don't know what you mean by a wild man, but, you know, that seems to imply that he's not tameable. Okay. Uncontrollable. And his hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren, meaning he's going to live contiguous with his brethren. He doesn't have any brethren yet. That's going to come later through Isaac. Okay. So it's a prophecy of things to come, but very interesting prophecy because do you know who claims to be the the uh, the descendants of Ishmael no the arab people really the arab people claim ishmael uh, is their kinship to abraham so for example the religion of islam and the quran uh, indicate that they're the people of god and they call god allah and their father they, they're descended from Abraham through Ishmael. I don't know that that's true. It's just what they claim. Okay. So it's not for me to say whether it's accurate or not. But many, many people believe that too. Even Christians and Jews see that as the thing. And it may be true. It may be that genetically you could trace the line back and find it because you've got the mixing of um, Abraham was a Syrian, a Syrian person originally. 
And um, Hagar was an Egyptian. So they come from two different continents. Yeah. Right. And um, I said Syria and Siri came on. Siri, stop. <laughs> She's like, how can I okay. help you? I found this on the web for in person. Yeah, I don't care, Siri. Stop. I can't even out. turn it off. Wow. That's amazing. I want to get rid of that. What do I do to get rid of that? There we go. Okay. <laughs> you know, I work I work for a company that makes Siri. <laughs> I should know how to turn it off. Now, um, so whether or not that's true, it's what they claim. And yet, as so many things in the Bible turn out, there's a deeper meaning behind it. Okay. So even if it is accurate that the Arab people come from the mixture of a Syrian good uh, <laughs> man and an Egyptian woman, and the blend of Egyptian and Syrian is Arab genetically, that may or may not be true, I don't know, but even okay. if it is true, there's a deeper thing going on. We're going to find out what the deeper meaning is, okay? But before we do that, there's another time when Hagar runs away and the angel of the Lord finds her. Why am I not surprised she ran away again? (laughs) Right, so we go to Genesis 21 to see that. So what happens is we fast forward 13 years and God does fulfill his promise to Abram and changes his name from Abram to Abraham, father of multitude, changes Sarai to Sarah. And we're going to get into the meaning of some of these names a little bit later, some more detail. But she did conceive by Abraham, and they had a son named Isaac. So now he's born, and he's a baby. And Ishmael is like 13 years old. He's a young, almost a young man. Okay, so like a preteen. He's a preteen. Yeah, he's the rebellious teens, right? 13. (laughs) And when she's born, we find out that um, uh, Ishmael mocks the birth of Isaac. The wild man starts to show his true nature, right? Well, he's a wild guy. He's a wild guy. Uh, and so it says in verse 12 of Genesis 21, God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad. You know, when, when, when uh, Ishmael begins mocking Isaac, Abraham doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And so God says, because of thy bondwoman, don't let it grieve you. And all that Sarah said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So in other words, the promise I made to you is going to come through Isaac. So don't worry about Ishmael. You made a mistake when you did what you did. But um, she wants to leave, and so let her go. And he says, in verse 13, and also of the son of the bondwoman, Ishmael, will I make a nation because he is thy seed. So the reason why Ishmael is going to be able to grow to a great nation is because he is the seed of Abraham and God is faithful. Even though Abraham made a mistake in trying to fulfill God's promise, that's how God is. Sometimes when we don't listen and we make a mistake, God still makes it work out for a, a purpose. Okay. And so he's, because he's thy seed, I'm going to make him a great nation. So Abraham rose up early in the morning and he took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle. So some time passes and there's no more water. 
Well, they're in the wilderness. Where are they going to get water? Right? Yeah. And she cast the child under one of the shrubs. He's still considered a child, even though he's 13. Okay. And she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. And that's like, she, she put him under this shrub, and she goes away from a distance because she doesn't want to watch him die. Because she's thinking they're going to die of thirst. Yeah. Right. And uh, so a bow shot is as far as you can shoot an arrow. And for she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Again, Ishmael, God hears. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, what aileth thee, Agar? And what's, what's troubling you? Uh, Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. So again, God already told him, told her she would. He would do this. And he would be a nation, so he's not going to let you die. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink. So just out of the blue, water appears. So God sustained them, and God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. Interesting, an archer. Yeah. Now, you'd have to ask, and then really... Nothing becomes of this great nation in the Bible. We don't see any nation that appears. There's, you know, there's sons of Lot that become Moab and Ammon. There's uh, Esau becomes Edom. There's, there's countries that become people that become nations around the, the region of Israel. But there's no nation of Ishmael. And uh, Arabia was already there. You know, so if the Arabs claim their descendants from, and maybe modern Arabs are descendants yeah. from Ishmael, but uh, there was already an Arabia, an Arab people, or nomads at least dwelling in that land. So um, it wouldn't be fair to say that Arabia is Ishmaelia. <laughs> you know, Ishmaelia. <laughs> or something like that. But what is very interesting is even though there's no nation that we know of, there is a list of the 12 tribes that he begat that he that he fathered later when he grew up and it's in genesis 17 verse 20 we read and as for ishmael i have heard thee behold i have blessed him so he does get a blessing okay okay and i will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly so that's the blessing he would grow to a great nation 12 princes shall he beget give birth or conceive you know father and i will make him a great nation but my covenant Will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And so isn't it interesting that Isaac begats Jacob and Jacob begats 12 sons mm-hmm. and they become the 12 tribes of Israel. And here Isaac has 12 sons and they become 12 tribes too. None of them are nations that we know of or the Bible doesn't list them as a nation. Okay, so that's the backstory. Now, okay. now we want to know what is the spiritual meaning behind this? Because yeah. if Abraham made a mistake, why is it even important? You know, I mean, other than to show that he's human, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but why is it important? Well, like he said, because he's thy seed, I'm going to honor this. He's not the seed of promise, but he is the seed of Abraham. So he gets a blessing to become a great nation and 12 um, uh, princes, then called tribes, but 12 princes. So we start by... Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. 
And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. Looking at the names of the characters involved here, we've already seen Hagar, the mother of Ishmael. Yes. Her name means flight. And we've already seen Ishmael means God will hear. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sarai means princess. That's the wife of Abram. And later on, her name is changed to Sarah, which means noble woman. Ooh, okay. Noble woman. So not just a princess, but a noble woman, almost implying like she went from being a princess to a queen. Okay. If you want. I mean, that's it doesn't say queen, but that's the idea. And then, of course, um, we talked about Abraham, but uh, the son that Abraham has through Sarah is Isaac. Mm-hmm. His name means he laughs. Ooh, I wonder what he's laughing at. And it had to do with when God first visited Abraham to give him the promise that he was going to conceive and have a child. Abraham was already old and he laughed because he thought, well, how can I have a kid? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why he thought, well, maybe I should go to the young woman who is uh, Sarah's servant. And that's how God's going to do mm-hmm. it. So it's, it said the lesson is to wait on the Lord. Yes. You or know? he laughs at you. Yeah. Because he later on becomes the name father of a multitude. Now. We're going to find out that there's something far deeper than just the nation Israel where Abraham being a father is concerned. Because we're going to learn that Abraham would be the father of many nations. And Israel's just one nation. Mm -hmm. So father of multitudes is no joke, right? But most people think of Abraham as the father of Israel, which he is. Okay. But there's a dichotomy that's going on there. There's a twofold conflict, in a sense, between Isaac and Ishmael as real people that were, you know, uh, the product of Abraham, mm-hmm. okay, even though two different women. But to get the answer of the spiritual meaning behind all that, we've got to fast forward to the New Testament, okay, to the Apostle Paul. All right, so we're going to read something in Romans chapter 15 uh, just to kind of get us going here. And we're taking just a little bit of a segue for just a moment from Abraham, Isaac, uh, and Ishmael, and Hagar, and Sarah. And in Romans 15, just one simple verse, Paul said, if I can get get my pages to open here. (laughs) This Bible is still new enough that the pages stick together, you know. Uh, He says in Romans 15, 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime in the past, 
were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So it doesn't matter what it was, whatever was written in the past in the scriptures were written for our learning and that we might have comfort and hope. So we can certainly see, for example, comfort in that God keeps his promise. Yeah. In this instance with Abraham, we can also see hope in that even though it might seem impossible, with God, nothing's impossible, right? Very true. Even though she was old and he was old, they still had a child. But Paul also said this about the scriptures and the things that were written a long time ago. In 1 Corinthians 10, he wrote in verse 1, uh, and he gives a little bit of a history. So we're jumping past Abraham now, where Israel has already become a nation. Okay. Okay. So we're a few generations down the road, but he says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So he's talking about the Exodus when Israel became a great nation when they were in bondage in Egypt. Okay. And remember the parting of the Red Sea? And yes. They came across. So he's talking about that. There was a spiritual baptism that took place there. They kind of became a church in a sense, a nation. Uh, and they did all eat the same spiritual meat. God fed them with manna from heaven. And they all did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And he's not talking about there was a big stone that rolled behind them, you know, <laughs> sneaking up behind them. Right. He means followed them in time, followed them in history. Christ okay. finally came. But incidentally, there was an angel of the Lord protecting them all that time, and it was Jesus Christ in the form of pre-incarnate, you know, the angel of the Lord. So that was the little bit of the history, but it didn't always work out so well because he goes on to say, but with many of them, then we're talking about Israel, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And there's the story there was when they were supposed to go spy out the land and they said, we can't take them. They're giants. Yeah. And God said, well, I'll fight your battle for you. But they listened to the 10 men that were afraid instead of Caleb and Joshua who said, we can take them. And so they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before they could go into the land, and everybody over 30 died, except for Joshua and Caleb. Yeah. So they were overthrown in the wilderness. Excuse me. Now, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. They kept saying, we want to go back. We want to go back to Egypt, you know. Neither be ye idolaters, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. There was a point at which Moses went up into the mountain to get the law from God. And he was gone so long that the children of Israel thought, well, he's not coming back. Let's make us gods. And so they made molten calves to worship. Then They never learned. Yeah, no. <laughs> so they rose up to play. They literally had a big feast and they all got naked and committed a, a idolatry in front of these gods, you know. While Moses was on the mountain getting the law from God. My land is... Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. So in many instances he's just listing how Israel disobeyed God and God would punish them for that. But then he says in verse 11, and here's the verse... Now, all these things happened unto them for in samples, another word for example. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now, that's an interesting phrase to say, the ends of the world. 
you know, you could say, you know, he went to the ends of the earth searching for her. You know, and you're co- you're covering distance. Yes. You know, you're covering geography, right? But the ends of the world is different because he's talking about the age. So the world there, the word world is the Greek word ion, and we get our English word eon, which means a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So the ends of the age, as if to say all these examples are going to come into play at the end of the world. Hmm. They're going to be a lesson for us to understand. There's a spiritual meaning that'll become as clear in the end as it was in the beginning. You know, yeah. Somehow. So that's why he said they're written upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now, I was thinking about that. So how, what does that mean? How can I make sense of that? And you remember that favorite verse I like to talk about, there's nothing new under the sun? Yes. Right? Ecclesiastes. That thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. Mm -hmm. And that which is done is that which shall be done, right? So I thought, well, he probably is alluding to something about that. Right. right? So what is it about Ishmael and the 12 princes that he would begat, but he's not the child of promise, and Isaac that would begat the child of promise or would be the child of promise? What is God trying to show us in there that, that we need to understand in the ends of the world? All right. That's the mystery. That's what we're trying to figure out. Is there a deeper meaning to it? And and then Paul also wrote one other thing that I want to read because I feel like the the reason why I want to go to Paul to understand ancient scripture is because he literally told us to do that. He did. He did. He literally wrote this down in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 7. Paul wrote, "Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things." Hmm. And and I don't think Paul was like a, a bragging man. Yeah. He's not sitting there going, I'm so smart, you ought to listen to me. You know? <laughs> He's saying, God gave me the wisdom to give you the interpretation. Mm-hmm. So consider what I say and measure that against what the Old Testament scripture said. So that makes me think, okay, where did Paul ever talk about Ishmael? And guess what? He did. <laughs> Paul wrote about him uh-huh. to give us the understanding in Galatians. And I think the, the truth he reveals about it is quite shocking. Okay. Okay. So we'll go to Galatians chapter 4. So you don't think any of our viewers will see it coming? Oh, I know some of them will. I hope they will because, you know, we're hopeful that at least some of our viewers might be Bible students too. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them might be like the average listener probably knows a little bit of the stories that we're talking about, but isn't like a... You know, a Bible scholar necessarily. Yes. But they, they're familiar with some of these names and these scenarios that we talk about. But I'm willing to bet they didn't know this, right? So Galatians chapter 4. Now, now this, when I mentioned um, Abraham earlier, would be the father of many nations. To prove that that would go on to include uh, far more than just Israel, we're going to see in a few moments that includes the Gentiles in Christ, Oddly enough, there's a, there's a connection there because we're going to find out Christ is the seed of Abraham. Okay. So in reality, even though Isaac is the, the child by whom God would give the promise of the blessing, he's a picture and type of Jesus Christ who would come later. As a matter of fact, there's even a scene where Abraham goes to offer his son Isaac. Remember when we talked about that? That is right. He was going to kill him on he the He was altar. going to offer him yeah. up. Because he had told, I think, was it the servants were going with him and mm-hmm. told them to stay back? Mm-hmm. 
And ah, wait, was he going to burn him? I think it was. Yeah, well, it brought the fire in the wood for a sacrifice. And Isaac's a young man now. And he's the one carrying it. Yeah, he's carrying it. I know. (laughs) And he says, Father, behold the wood and the fire, but where's the sacrifice? You know, it started to get suspicious. Yeah, and he's like, you. Right? Well, Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb for a sacrifice. And the way he worded that was like, God will provide himself a lamb, Mm -hmm. the son of God, the lamb of God. So let's look in Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. And this is where Paul explains what these two stories mean, the story of Ishmael and the story of Isaac. Okay. So he says, tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? So Paul had to contend a lot with people that were always trying to put people back under the Old Testament law to serve it when Christ is the end of the law. Okay, so he's, he's basically playing devil's advocate. He's saying, look, you, you want to be under the law? Are you not listening to what the law says? Yeah. All right. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, Ishmael, mm-hmm. the other by a free woman, Isaac, because Sarah was free. Mm-hmm. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. That wasn't God's promise. That was Abraham trying to work it out. All right. Uh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Isaac was the one that conceived in their old age because that would be impossible. God had to do it. And then he says, which things are an allegory. Now, an allegory is like a picture in type. So it's like not only were they real people, but they symbolize something else. So what is the symbol? For these are the two covenants. The one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is a gar. Now, there's some old English wording in there i got to explain. Gendereth means this is what the type means. Okay. So in the type, Hagar, the mother of Ishmael, represents Mount Sinai and the giving of the law. Isn't that interesting? That is. Doesn't represent Islam or Arabia, Mm -hmm. because Paul wrote this before there was an Islam, you know. It represents, watch, this agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. Meaning, Jerusalem in Israel, at the moment Paul wrote this, was still under the bondage of the law because they rejected Jesus. Ishmael is the type of unbelieving Israel. Wow. Doesn't that blow your mind? It and does. Then you think, God said I would make him a great nation and he would have 12 princes. So the 12 tribes of Israel that reject Jesus and don't believe in the type are Ishmael. And aren't they the ones that persecuted the believers? Yes. They crucified Jesus. They killed the disciples. His hand will be against every man. He will be a wild man and he will dwell in the midst of his brethren. The brethren are the Israelites that did believe. Yeah. And they trusted Christ. But Jerusalem, he says, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Now, who, what Jerusalem is above? What's well, the one in heaven? Yes. The new Jerusalem. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. So it's a, it's a psalmy sighting there, but he's basically talking about how Sarah had no kids, but now she's going to have many more children than Hagar. Because how is that possible? Well, Israel, even the, the believers were a small number. <clears throat> They're even called a remnant. 
you know? So how can it be that they have many more children than she which hath an husband? Well, if you add us into the equation, the Gentiles that believe on yeah. Christ become children of Abraham. How interesting. Isn't that wild? And so he says in verse 28, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. We are the children. Isaac is a type of us. Okay. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. And that's what the mocking was. Ishmael persecuted Isaac. He says, even so it is now. Right now, the unbelieving Israel, which is typified in Ishmael, is persecuting Isaac through the believers in Christ. Fascinating. That is fascinating. And so the city is, he said, that Jerusalem, uh, Hagar answers to Jerusalem that's now in bondage with her children. Yeah. All right. And that city is interesting because if we go to Isaiah, unbelieving Israel and typified in the capital city, Jerusalem, okay, is called by God a harlot for turning against him and worshiping other gods. The very concept of idolatry was, it was really a religious sexual practice to worship idols. So hence, that's why the term would come like this. In uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 15, God is speaking to Israel when he says, And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Uh, yea, uh, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. And isn't it interesting that Ishmael was named God will hear. Yes. And he's right right here. He's saying, I'm not going to listen when you call out to me. Or is he? What's he waiting for? When is God going to listen again? Whenever Israel takes him back. Right. They make their confession, yes. right? He says, so wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead the, for the widow. Obviously, they weren't doing any of these things. They'd become so apostate, and they, they did when they rejected Jesus, but they were already so full of idolatry, God said, I can't stand you anymore, you know? So he says, come now and let us reason together. He's appealing to them. Come back to me. I don't want to destroy you. Yeah. I'd like for you to return to me. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. How is the faithful city become an harlot? which is a prostitute. Mm -hmm. It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. And obviously they, they persecuted and they, they killed, did they turned them into martyrs, the believers. So as we mentioned, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head, God is waiting for them. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they'll seek me early. Hosea 5.15. So when Israel finally does turn, and it's going to be, when all the UFO explosion happens yes. and the Nephilim and all that stuff takes place, that's when the affliction starts. Then God's finally going to hear him. He's waiting for them to say, we were wrong. Acknowledge your offense and seek my face, and then he'll turn back to them. So it's an amazing picture. of that's Because I used to read the story about Ishmael and think, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. But it's an allegory. Paul told us that. And the interesting thing about it is, remember Paul said, Jerusalem, which is above, is the mother of us all. 
And then I thought, okay, well, how is that our mother? It's a city. Yeah. How is that our mother? Well, we know apostate Jerusalem is Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots. Mm-hmm. That's where we just saw. We know Jerusalem above is going to come down at the end, and it's going to be the, the, the place where we dwell. Well, Abraham looked for that city, even though nothing in the book of Genesis ever mentioned it. But the book of Hebrews, and I'm going to close with this, Hmm. Hebrews chapter 11, the great faith chapter, what they call it, if I can get my pages to open here. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called out, into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. You know, the, the, the place was the land of Canaan, but he never considered that his inheritance. Watch. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. Sojourn means like he camped in tents. He considered himself a pilgrim. Well, wait a minute, wasn't that the land of promise? Yeah. That wasn't what he was looking for. His seed would inhabit that, Israel. Mm-hmm. At faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Well, the only city that matches that is New Jerusalem. So if in the type of the allegory, Hagar represents Jerusalem in apostasy. Yes. Sarah represents New Jerusalem. What does that make Abraham? If she's the mother of us all. Abraham's our father. He's the father of us all. And is there a passage that can back that up? Well, yes. I almost said Abraham (laughs) is God. Well, he's a type. He's a he's in type. He's, he represents God, so he's a type of God in the same way like Isaac was a type of Christ. Okay, you know, but uh, in this sense, he says in Galatians chapter three, verse twenty six, um, "For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Everyone that ever trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior becomes a child of God. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free." There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And what is Abraham going to inherit? The city. So are we. That's so awesome. Isn't that wild? I just think that's a beautiful picture. So, yeah, that's the mystery of Ishmael. He represents an apostate Israel that hopefully one day is going to turn back to the Lord and God will hear them. And redeem out of them the rest, the remnant that will be saved yeah. to join us in the city later. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Pretty cool story. So, yeah, thank you for listening today. And thank yes, you, Zena. Thank you for having me, as always. Absolutely. Thank you guys for stopping in and listening to our podcast. We do graciously appreciate it. Please Amen. like, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment down below something new that you've learned or a topic you would like us to cover. Yeah, and speaking of subscribing, be on the lookout for a 
Bible Mysteries Premium podcast subscription that's going to be coming yes. real soon. We're going to be introducing bonus content where you could subscribe. We'll be announcing whatever the pricing is going to be and what that content is. And for those of you that have been donating, thank you, thank you, and let uh, we want you to know that we've got a, a new donation mechanism now. Instead of PayPal, we're going to use uh, Subsplash. And in the show notes, the link will be there if you want to donate. You can also go to utbnow.com. Yes. So we appreciate you as always. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com.